Welcome everyone back to the VF Comics Podcast, the best sequential art comic book podcast that has ever been made, that is hosted by me, Megan, James, and Tom. Tom, as always, best for last. Love you, Tom. I love you. Megan and James, you guys are okay. <laughs> we actually have a, I feel like we have a lot to talk about this week because we are going to give a little bit of a gift guide for the comic book reader in your life, or just maybe you want to go buy something for yourself because you're like me and you think about yourself more than others. We're also going to talk about all the new number ones that we're interested in coming out this month. And we have an article as well about a, a like almost OG uh, original web comic creator and some of their experiences with the early days of web comics and Kickstarter. And before we get started on any of that, I want to talk about a real American hero that we have on our podcast every week. I mean, he <laughs> is, I mean, he is, who's your favorite GI Joe, James snake eyes. So he is the snake eyes of this podcast. No, he's, not. he's not really. I mean, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Go ahead and go. Yeah. He is the snake. Eyes <laughs> of the podcast because I was impressed. You just dug that out. Like, Oh, James's favorite GI Joe is yeah. you so, guys have had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, What's happened is, you know, like a lot of us, like we see crime on the news. Some of us may have been involved in crime on the wrong side of it. For instance, I know like I've been mugged and had a gun in my face, but rarely do we ever. Uh, that's a story for another time. What? Yes. Rarely do oh we. Um, rarely do we ever get to stop crime and do something good. Something that only superheroes we feel like get to do. Not often. Do superheroes really swing in in the midst of a crime and save us? But that is exactly what James managed to do this week for a local collector. So for those who haven't seen uh, Retrograde, share the information about a month or so ago. I think we shared the information too. A local collector had a storage locker full of just hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of collectibles, Vampirellas, Godzilla, some rare, incredible Hulk runs, some really, I mean, stuff that I can't even fathom. I got to actually visit it one time with him and I was very jealous that I am <laughs> a librarian because I'll never be able to have that cool stuff. But anyways, so his locker was broken into, and so we shared with a lot of local area shops some of the key issues and things that were missing and stolen from his locker. And this past weekend, someone came into James's shop with several comic books trying to sell them and kept giving kind of shifty stories. James was, he remembered so well and is so knowledgeable in the medium that he recognized the books as these are the issues. This is what was missing from the storage locker and managed to somehow, and this is where I don't have the full story. He managed to somehow distract the guy long enough for like 15, 20 minutes while they waited for the cops to come managed to get his wife managed to grab a picture of the guy and, um, and like, we're able to get the owner up there. And in the end, they found that the guy had $15,000 worth of the locker materials with him in his vehicle. Woo. Oh man. 15, All right. 000. Let's hear it. So James, like, tell us about Tell us about what went through your head. You tell us everything. Well, I want to know. Well, the guy came. Uh, had, well, he actually called first uh, and uh, said that he had, you know, this huge stash of, of uh, comics that he was wanting to get rid of. Now, whenever you hear that, you know, for a lot of us in the in this business, you know, you you immediately are, are suspicious because you've you know big big, huge collections like that don't come along very often. So you're always kind of you know, wanting to know exactly what you're dealing with. So I had the, the guy come up and he said he was going to bring some stuff to show me. Uh, and uh, he had a uh, the first box I cracked open what was a, just about a complete run of Hulk comics from the beginning till uh, probably the early eighties, uh, in absolutely fantastic condition. 
I mean, pristine. And my thoughts were immediately, you know, like, wait a minute, you know, I know someone else who used, you, you know, who had these, the, the, this kind of set, you know, I mean, you see a lot, a, a lot of completionists, but, uh, you know, this was just, you know, really good looking stuff and none of it had been graded or anything like that. So, uh, um, I, uh, mentioned it to my wife there who works with me and, uh, Misty went and, uh, got in touch with, uh, Matt over at, over at Kapow, who is another, uh, retailer here, uh, just to kind of verify and make sure because he had more, a little bit more information about what exactly was missing. And, uh, you know, I was out there talking to the guy. I, I usually have like, you know, some basic questions I ask people to try to ferret out whether or not they even know what they're, what they have. Uh, a lot of times I can tell you a lot. Um, I'll, I, I forget exactly what I asked him. I, I think I said something like, uh, I said, well, Thanos got his own, uh, TV show. And, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, did you like it? And he was like, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. And it's like, all right. This <laughs> so, uh, you know, Dang, that's smart. You, you, you know, you do little things like that to kind of get an idea of, you know, exactly what, where this person's coming from. And, uh, you know, I ask questions about where it's from, you know, all that. So, uh, you know, and he told me he was a lifelong collector which was obviously not true. Uh, and he, he, he seemed very like familiar with me. He, he, he kept calling me by, by name. I don't know if he's a, a fan of our show. Or <laughs> if, uh, oh shit. Well, I would say, I, say, I, I would say if he's listening, <sighs> you know, we're, you know, to give us a shout Please, on social media. But the thing is, we know I know he's not listening because you can't listen to podcasts in jail. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, he, and, and he had this guy with him uh, who had on kind of a, like a, I don't know what I would call it, a uh, kind of a, kind of a rough looking cowboy hat or something, you know, and uh, I was just kind of looking at it and I was like, oh, that looks good. Uh, uh, I, I said, do you have anything else? And he like immediately walked to the door and did this whistle. And made a and made a hand gesture, and like all of a sudden, this guy's bringing in more stuff. What the and fuck? It was, okay, uh, and it was just obviously something weird. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, I had you know, very rarely do you see you know somebody who would come in with that with that much with so little knowledge, with wanting to get rid of it so so quickly, um, and I. You know, whenever I, I kind of caught eye contact with Misty and she was obviously like, yeah, this is this guy's stuff. So anyway, I'm like sitting there with him and, uh, the phone rings, our, our store phone rings and, uh, the, uh, gentleman whose books these were had called me <laughs> and I was like talking to him with the books right there in front of me. So, uh, as, as I was talking to him, I could also hear Misty talking on, on the phone with somebody very official. So I, I, I was assuming she was calling the police. And, uh, you know, I, I told him, come on up. And, uh, you know, uh, well, first of all, I, I had to like kind of talk to him about stuff that was obviously not about what I was looking at at the moment because the guy was sitting right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, this is crazy. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I, uh, kind of snuck away for a minute and said, yeah, come on up here. We'll see what's, you know, what, what's about to happen here. And, you know, I went back and I was talking to the guy and, you know, I don't want to like, you know, cause any trouble for anybody who's not, you know, on the up and up or whatever, you know, I, I want to make sure that, that of what I was doing. Yeah. And so, you know, I kept asking questions. I kept trying to, you know, and I mean, I was asking so many questions at a point to where it was like, dude, you must know that I suspect you, mm -hmm. you know, and you should probably know that you need to get, you know, you know, get a clue about the situation. But he, uh, he never broke his character, I guess. And, uh, we, uh, 
you know, just, I, I just kept t- talking to him. I, I was just flat out asking him, these are, are these yours? Yes. Because I don't believe they are. No, I was just like flat out telling you. You straight up said that? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I was, I was like flat out telling that's, him. I was like, that's awesome. I cannot, I, I cannot buy stolen stuff, you know? And, and finally he was like, all right, well, I guess I'll take it out of here. And I was like, well, hold on, you know? And, uh, you know, trying to kind of, you know, stall for a little bit for the police to get there because I knew that if they took off that, you know, Mm-hmm. There's less likelihood that we would be able to recover anything. So uh, anyway, finally, a uh, police officer a- appears in the door. And <laughs> I mean, you know, that uh, skit on, on Ken Peel, you know, whenever he gets caught by his wife looking at uh, she, she like sees his Internet cookies, you know, and like realizes that he's been looking at porn. Or yeah. whatever, you know, and he just starts sweating. It was literally like that. I mean, like, the guys, <laughs> oh man, yes. Sweat. Oh my God. And uh, the other guy with him just was just cool as a cucumber standing there. Uh, but uh, I was, you know, I, I just told him, I was like, you know, this is what happened. <laughs> you know, I, was, I almost felt like, like a responsibility to like tell him, you know, like, you know, this is what what happens when you steal, you know. Yeah, well, and, uh, yeah. I mean, you and, see, uh, young man, yeah. <laughs> and, and so took was, something that did not belong you. to you. And, and and I was pretty, you know, upfront with him. I'm, I've had so many difficult conversations with, with people involving, you know, very heavy subjects. You know, including everything from you know jail to, you know. You know, whenever I was a child psychotherapist, I had to, you know, talk to people about, you know, losing custody of their kids and things like that, you know, giving yeah. people bad news. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I wanted to make sure he knew exactly what was happening, you know, because, you know, I don't want it, you know, on my, on my conscience, you know, that, you know, I, I like tricked him without him mm-hmm. being fully aware of what it was that was happening. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Whenever, uh, you know, whenever the the police got there, uh, it took a second for me. Like the 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 police seemed a little bit like not sure what what they were even there for. Uh, And uh, it was funny because I was like, you know, kind of stalling him and he was sweating and everything else. And uh, I think it was Misty who, who like mentioned something to the cops like, yeah, this guy, this is all stolen. So one of the guys had already started walking out with it and, and the cop went after him, brought him back in. And, uh, they were saying that, you know, you guys are, uh, you know, we need to talk to you and everything. And then the, uh, uh, you know, they were communicating back and forth about whether or not there was, you know, anything they could, you know, officially detain them on, uh, and eventually word got back from the uh, detective that was working on the, uh, on, on the case that was, uh, you know, he, he became involved in, in, in the situation, I guess, over the radio or whatever. Oh, from when they were originally reported stolen. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And they were, uh, and they were, uh, arrested right there. In the wow. Store. Boom. James debunking the 48 hour myth right there. Whenever I really? see that on TV now, I'm going to be like, yes. <laughs> What's the 48 hour myth? Well, you know, like if you don't, you know, catch your clue or, or catch it within 48 hours, the case oh, usually yeah. goes cold or whatever, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. I'm, Not only did just, James debunk that myth, but he also proved what G.I. Joe always taught us and that knowing is half the battle. The other half is stalling your enemy till the cops show up. (laughs) And then explaining to them. On a piece of paper in front of you, and you've been waiting to use it. I have. I do. I totally do. All right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I I take no pleasure in, you know, sending somebody, you know, or or causing something like that to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. but in that case, it was just obvious. I mean, I had to do something. I didn't have any real choice in it. I've, I've had other people try to sell stolen stuff to me, uh, but usually I just, dec- you know, I just kind of decline in some way or, yeah. you know, you know, but, but, but when you know who owns it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, especially to the degree, and, and, like and, and, irreplaceable and I, I don't stuff, know this person. you know, 
I, I, I don't know the guy personally. I not until now, but, uh, you know, it was, you know, out there everywhere. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was just an obvious thing. You know, this guy was just, you know, peddling stuff. And, and the way I've had this like suspicion now for a while that there's like either a group of people, uh, or, a family, maybe a larger family. I, I, I don't know any, any of the details about this particular situation, but it just seems like that there's a group of people kind of moving around, trying to like unload his stuff in different places. And I think some of his stuff has actually uh, appeared in front of us before. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just wondering because I've had the same stuff show up in smaller quantities. Mm. Uh, you know, over and over again through different people, you know, some of the same kind of key books and things where it's like, not really sure if that could like just appear out of nowhere. Uh, even some like golden age books. And I've, oh, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of been thinking about whether or not, you know, some of that stuff is, you know, whether or not it can be recovered or not or whatever. But, uh, you know, we ended up, uh, you know, they ended up getting arrested and I had to go to the police, to the police department and do the affidavit or whatever, everything yeah. with, Dang. The, with, with the owner. We, we had talked quite a bit and, uh, uh, Matt from, uh, Kapow, uh, talked to him a bit. And, uh, we, uh, we were able to, you know, kind of get a good idea of exactly what we had there that we had been able to recover and, you know, given that information to the police. And so he got his books back. Like you got to take them the after ones, the ones we, uh, that, that, that were brought in to the store, uh, they were at the police department with, with the owner whenever, okay. I, whenever I left, I haven't talked to him since, but okay. uh, there's, uh, that's kind of how it all played out. Yeah. You know, and what's what's great about your action in that you you knew someone was being wronged and you did something, you know, it lets me know that one that I can trust you with stuff like it's good to know that like I buy things from you and it's a great, you know, in a weird way, like it's a great business move, although that's not the way reason you did it. <clears throat> but two, like, you know, if you were in a Peter Parker situation, Uncle Ben wouldn't be dead. and that's great too, to think about, you know, like Peter Parker, let the thief run right by him, even though he could have yeah, stopped him, yeah. but you didn't, you saved uncle Ben. Wow. <laughs> Where Damn. Way to go, James. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but then there wouldn't have been a Spider-Man. Though, so that's true. Mm-hmm. In fact, Peter probably would have been dead, you know, and you, yeah, you know, James, let's focus on the positive after the You're three minutes of playtime. <laughs> Hey, here I'm he a, is. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nihilist. Saws ready. I'm a nihilist. <laughs> um, anyway, so I really wanted to just share that. James okay. is a freaking hero. And so cool. Yeah. It's so cool Ooh, that he. What a yeah, great. Awesome. What a great. You know, locks great that down. Um, so, James, you're the best. You're a real hero. <laughs> so, I'm going to go ahead so and. So, what do I get for all this today? Uh, you are now the host. These, these, You're now the host. Garlands. It's your yeah. it's your show. Now. Congrats. These laurels and garlands that I've received. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a picture of me painted for you to hang on your wall instead of the cafe <laughs> <Yeah>. painting. <laughs> it's just me like that. It'd be great. Is that one new? That one's new, right? Is that new? Or are we at a different angle? We slightly. We're over. at a different I think angle. We're at a different angle. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. It just looks different. He yeah. wrote. Yeah, yeah. It does. Usually, there's like the Cafe Martin yeah. one or whatever. Or Marina. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe Misty oh, rotates out the posters. <laughs> yeah, I thought about pulling this like bamboo backdrop back here, just so that people don't, you know, have to look at my random stuff. Is that some it, Charmin? I feel like it, it looks is nice. Some Charmin. Mmm. Do y'all do nice. Charmin? Charmin is, is essential. Yeah. Feels good on your breeder. Yeah. So now we're definitely going to go ahead and move on to the next thing, which is about an article Tom sent me. Um, that, uh, and it the, the title of it 
is uh, this webcomic made it okay to be sad online, and then the artist vanished. So this article was about the creator behind Pictures for Sad Children. Um, oh, and I've just lost her name. Her last name is Veal. Someone help me out here. It's Simone. Stephanie. Simone yes, Veal. I believe. Simone Veal. Simone Veal. And it's a really interesting article because she was publishing some web comics online, kind of, you know, around 2009, you know, early days of Kickstarter where, you know, web comics were not so commonplace as they are now. In fact, they're so common now that DC's got their own web comics that they're publishing. Um, but the article kind of goes into just, you know, what she you know, her philosophy for making these and kind of her hopes and dreams. And she was pretty young when she started this. And so she ends up, you know, getting a small publisher to publish one of her early books. And then for another one later, she gets it kickstarted. And near the end of the Kickstarter, she does get a number of the books out, it seems, but some of her posts call into question how honest and truthful she was being if you read them a certain way. Um, this artist does seem like she cultivated a very specific image online to where she was maybe being ironic. And maybe you guys can it's, it, that. It's definitely, I think, based in, in irony and cynicism. You know, yeah. like that's the the comic content itself. And it, it really does call to mind, like, I don't know if you guys read a lot of this but the alt-lit movement around 2010 with like Taolin and Steve Roggenbuck and Richard Chim and stuff like that um and and a lot of them published on Twi on on Tumblr uh, I'm sorry as well too so I, I kind of wonder if, if there was any connection uh between between uh, any of them and timeline wise there seems to be at least you know maybe even some influence because they may have been involved in early, some of these earlier online communities but um, she stated that in, in it, ironically, something about her not really having depression and then a video of her burning copies of the Kickstarter book, which it turns out in the long term, she had burned some that were, um, go, were misprints and ones that had yeah. issues. But because of the way that she was presenting it, people who weren't in the know for her or aware of the kind of content that she was really putting out were accusing her of all sorts of awful things. And she ended up just completely, she took down her website. You could not find any of her web comics anymore. Um, and just really, really struggled. And the article talks a little bit about, you know, people feel when, when people give you money online, because the content isn't something that they hold in their hand, that they feel entitled to ownership and not just of that content, but to almost like it's an ownership of a piece of the artist. They're entitled to know about their life. They're entitled to make these judgments. Um, and it brings up some really interesting points about being an online presence and receiving money online. Uh, because of the expectations yeah. and how much they've changed along all that. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, and I guess the way that your personality online and your, I guess, attitude as an artist, what it can cultivate culturally, you know, because there are some people online that exist beyond that. Like they control their followers and the way that they give content as almost like, this like JD Salinger esque like they can be really reclusive or really like, you know, I've seen like YouTubers hostile, directly hostile to subscribers, but their content is so in demand by these people that they take it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the complete opposite end of the coin here where the, the followers demand everything of, of the creator, you know, it's really interesting that the internet's changing a space where both of those can exist at the same time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and it's just, I feel it's more toward, towards Simone's end where 
you're having to definitely chase the the carrot to to give these people a lot of things to get that attention online. I mean, especially now, like if you're trying to make it on the internet now, it you know, I, I well, feel like you have to play that game. And mm. she she very much seemed like, you know, from, you know, th- this article, the author of the article was able to get in touch with her and find her and get some of her insights onto why she did the things that she did. And it sounds to me like this was an artist who just really wanted to make art and had some things to say and built honestly this following, not for the purpose of making millions and being this personality, but for the sake of like, she wanted, you know, she was like, Oh, I'm getting my art and my message out there. And unfortunately a lot of people with the wrong ideas got a hold of it too. And then felt like they were involved and, you know, being too, you know, early to, you know, early 2010s, you know, like there was a part of it. It says over at Encyclopedia Dramatica, which they described as the unwanted stepchild of Wikipedia and 4chan. Woof, woof, <laughs> um, like. But they wrote around this time that, uh, that, that Simone Veal was an artistic failure who spent a few years drawing shitty web comics before going insane, stealing a bunch of money and telling fans to go fuck themselves. Which is insane it's, that you could that you can pub like that that's a whole other a, cookie and, to crumble right there. Yeah, yeah. that and, one and, and action, that becomes, and that becomes the narrative. Of and yes. exactly, like, it, know, it's someone can say right whatever they want about what's happened on the internet, and and you know we were talking about this pre uh, starting the show about how some of the people online who are major personalities. You know, say in these awful, critical, terrible things, but it gets attention and people, you know, really Love eat it, it up. And it doesn't matter what the truth is. Like, you know, I, you know, the joke I had put out there was about, um, you know, someone being like, you know, article woke Superman destroys DC Comics or something, and yeah. it's in that's it's a clickbait bullcrap. But people are clicking on it, and it's be- and stuff like that's how stuff like that becomes a narrative. And it seems like she was experiencing that at its onset, like as this was, it's these sort of online communities and publications were ramping up. She was there and experiencing it for the first time, and you know, at the time there was probably no one to compare notes with, and figure out how to navigate that. So she just mm-hmm. took off. Yeah. And who, I mean, I know some people, a lot of people stay online and they're like, no F you. But at the time, especially if yeah. you're an, you know, like kind of an introverted artist, I can see why you might be like, all right, I'm out of here. Like this is, this is insane. Yeah. I, you know, if your sense of humor is snarky mm-hmm. and you were doing that and then it gets taken that way, it's, it, there's so much to unpack there. I feel of one, the, you know, that kind of, craziness of of someone a site like encyclopedia dramatica being able to publish things like that and, mm-hmm. and write an article like that but also the culture of people reading that where a a creator has done one thing that you don't like and you feel that that nullifies every incredible thing that you've loved that they've done from that moment on like you know you she raised what fifty one thousand dollars for mm-hmm. For her book, yep. so, and then you're gonna, you know, devolve that to shitty, shitty web comic. Like, get mm-hmm. get out of here with that. That's well. I, and, I just yeah. I hate when when people get away with using language like that to quickly generalize. Uh, like you know, in the case of the encyclopedia's website, you know, being sensationalist, but with the readers, an inability to process and like a. An, um, like an unpleasant emotion for a temporary period of time, you know. Rant over, old man yelling at no, <laughs> no, no, I loved it. The oh, internet right. built, you know, most of the internet has been built on these little mini emotions that, that people have, you know, in every second, you know, and, and, and so content is generated to create many emotions. And that is not level headed you know, good information, it is extremes. And whenever somebody decides to just, you know, pigeonhole somebody as a, Mm -hmm. as a fraud or a, you know, 
drawing terrible cartoons, whatever, you know, that's what that, that was about because ultimately whatever that, that was posted on gets clicks and there's probably people commenting on it. And, you know, we, we, we want comments, we want likes, we want, you know, if there's a hate button, we, we could probably monetize that, you know? And yeah. so, well, I mean, we kind of are in a lot of ways. Yeah. And YouTube so, has just now taken away the dislike mm-hmm. counter. Well, and the thing yeah. is, it's still there, but only the creator sees it, sees the account, yeah. what, you know, the count from it. Yeah. Which is not good at all. <laughs> not yeah. Good for them, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, to the point that like, you know, it came out recently that Facebook actively shows things that are going to make you upset because it's, yeah. you know, it, it, in a crazy way, like it's more naturally engaging than mm-hmm. something you know positive or even neutral um yeah. you know it's true the article did i you know if you don't mind me oh, recommending go, a couple of things that the article made me think of and and uh and want to talk about was first you know um i'm sorry i'm getting like lost in my thoughts here but um the it made me think of this David Foster Wallace interview, I, I think you could find it on YouTube, uh, where he talks about, you know, like during his time, he felt that sense of humor was going to shift away from irony and cynicism um, because of, 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 of interpreting things like that, you know, and that, you know, I think like, you know, for, for my generation and like, uh, I think a little more like bridging between like my era of millennial and, and Gen X right before it raised on shows like Seinfeld and the Simpsons and stuff like that of being presented with, you know, these sarcastic problems. Yes. Of just constant sarcasm and no solutions to problems and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and that we would see kind of a return to sincerity with things like, you know, we had TGIF as kids where, you know, like Boy Meets World, Corey's dad would help him solve things. And Mr. Feeney, you know, is, is another great example. But like in 2010, we do get shows like Parks and Rec and stuff like that, where these characters fix their problems and solve them and try to be decent people. And I think that that's an interview that that more people should listen to. I'll try to link it to Marcus so that people can because it, you know. Yeah, Ted Lasso is a good Yes, Ted Lasso. Yes, and, and there and the great the Great North is another uh, modern show that deals with with new sincerity. You know, and and I I think that 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 really is a trend that that he was he was right about, and and especially post pandemic that that we're wanting to see. And the other one, I know I'm rambling. I'm so sorry. Um, no. Is no, you're shut up, Tom. Um, no, not just the <laughs> the David Foster Wallace thing, but the uh, the Daily uh, last week on Friday was about uh, Stephen Sondheim, who just recently passed away. Mm-hmm. And if you're a musical theater person, yeah, you know, it's a incredibly huge deal. But uh, you know, the it's a great little thirty minute blurb on the life of Sondheim. Um, but it ends with a, an analysis of a Sondheim song called "Finishing the Hat," which is. Uh, you know, a really in-depth kind of look on, on the feeling of of creation when an artist makes something in the loneliness and alienation that can come from really diving into that. And I think that, you know, if if listening to that song or, or kind of hearing that interview and, and realizing what these artists go through when they're making something and how it's hard to lose yourself in, in your work and your world and come back to you know, reality, it can be jarring. And so we should be mindful of that when now that we can directly access these people and, and give them our, our laundry list. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I mean, the, the, the history of art shows that, you know, if you, if you really think that an artist likes you, you really probably need to, to, to kind of reassess your, your sanity a little bit because, <laughs> uh, you know, whenever somebody creates something, that's their baby. They're very protective of it. And, you know, they're, and they don't want people telling, telling you what to do with it. You know, I mean, that's just how it is. Uh, you know, any good artist probably needs to have that sense of, uh, of uh, protectiveness over what they do and that prickliness, you know, that sort of, you know, I don't have to, to please you, you know, yes. any good art, 
challenges people. It doesn't just give them what they want. And and see the internet, you know, whenever you're like generating a, a Kickstarter for fans, it's like you're basically saying as an artist that you're going to give your audience exactly what they want. And yep. I mean, is that even like art in a way? I mean, is that That's true? Honest? That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, you know, because it just doesn't seem honest. It, it, it is a product at that point. You might as well be building on a, a chair or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're and, just, it's, you're like a, a, a service, you know, at that point. Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe, you, you know, you, you know, artists sort of like think that they're, that they're, you know, that their audience is giving them a certain leeway to do some things, but man, you're, you're playing with fire there because I just, you know, whenever you see the way people react, uh, on, you know, social media and message boards and everything else, you know, expectation is reality for these folks. They want that reality. And you know, uh, it can get ugly and it sure yeah. got ugly for this. Uh, Oh this my artist. gosh. And, you know, a recent one that popped up and, you know, not again, not comic related, but, um, I had read, read an article about, uh, the Halo Infinite Reddit, they had to basically shut it down for the weekend because even though the game is free to play That's and insane. that it's a solid game, the toxicity got so bad that even people who were supporting it, they were like, they were, they were people on both sides trying to dox each other and do all this awful stuff. And, you know, I was just like, you know, and this is just the multiplayer. It is a free thing. And the article even ends with, you know, maybe if you're not enjoying something this much, you know, air out your criticism, but maybe go do something you do enjoy. Yes. Like, I 100% recommend that. Go be happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As someone who's really realizing the older you get, the less free time you have. It, you should exactly, pick something that yeah. you really enjoy doing during yeah. said free yeah. time. And, and don't just, waste your time. And I think that <laughs> I think that's definitely the lesson here in how you should not only treat yourself, but how you should, you know, treat creators. There's a difference between yeah. criticism and being like, oh hey, you know, like I, you know, liked this, or you know, recognizing saying, hey, maybe this thing isn't for me. And it's something we all struggle with. I know I struggle with it, where, you know, like I don't like something and I've been nasty about it. But at the end of the day, really, it's like, you know what? That's not for me. There's an infinite number of things to do. I swear there, there's just, there's so many, they can't be counted. It's true. You, that you like, you will find something that is for you. It exists. Let's look at the larger, the the larger paradigm though, because like, you know, I think Tom said it earlier about, you know, you don't want to feel like the, the old guy in the room ranting about something, but, but I mean, but (laughs) here I go. Uh, Just think of it this way though. The, the internet was such a, a like disruptive uh, technology, you know? Yes. It it, It was so disruptive. It like completely changed everything. Whenever and and it disrupted all types of like traditional media, movies, TV shows, music, particularly early on, comics, whatever. And so, you know, we just kind of like accept the fact that since this has happened, this is the way it's got to be. And you know, that's that's a really sad thing because it, you know, art over, you know, hundreds of years has like sort of come to a point where everybody w- was sort of comfortable w- with the way things were, you know, it was like, you know, you, you had creators, creators had to sort of manipulate people with money in order to be able to get what they wanted out there. The audience would see it. They would make a judgment on it. You know, there were like these, these gatekeeper, uh, influence people like critics and, uh, you know, even producers or, you know, people in other media who like sort of commented on it. And there was just like kind of a, a way of doing things. And then the internet came along and just blew that up. And now we've like taken everything out from, from in the middle of the, uh, of the artist and their audience. 
And, you know, that's, that's an ugly thing, you know, because whenever there isn't anybody in between them, you know, you expose yourself, yourself as, as an artist to, you know, this like incredible sense of, uh, of, uh, almost like a, a slave like mentality directly mm-hmm. with the people you are wanting to like, uh, appreciate your art. And I mean, that was hard to do even, you even. know, for, for artists in, in, in the 20th century, you know, it was, it was, you know, that was difficult, you know, whenever you talked about money and, uh, you know, all these other people making money off, off of your work and everything. And now you've got like, instead of like, you know, people who have distinguished themselves in business or whatever, profiting off your work. Now it's like, you know, your actual work is like getting, you know, sucked out of you on like a soul level because you're like freaking giving it away for free. Yeah. You know? Well, and I mean, yeah. You know, you brought ridiculous. up, you, and you've brought up, I think, a couple of times now, and you started with the your Kickstarter comment earlier of just like, are you making your art, or are you just making something for whatever your audience wants? And it's like, you know, I, and I get that there are people who want to, you know, who just want to sell, like they don't care what they have to make to to get be successful. But if you're, I feel like if you're trying to be an artist and you have something very specific to say, you start twisting it for your audience. It's just a dangerous place to live as an artist. Yeah. It really and, is. I mean, you know, in, you know, say what, what you will about the old music companies or the, you know, studios and, and movies or, or the comic book companies or whatever, you know, at least there were like people in those organizations that would champion people who would actually maybe stick with them there weren't many of them. And yes, all, all these companies were terrible you know, for, for, for the most part as far as how they treated people. But there were people within that system that were there to, to support people to like stick out, you know, stick with them to like, you know, be an advocate for them. Yeah. yeah. Now you're alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now you they, you were, your direct you access. Your own, yeah. Yeah. You hear from, from, from people who work in comics these days, it's like, you are a slave to, to the, uh, to the clicks, the, uh, you, you know, basically you got to like satisfy people, not just as far as selling your books, but, but, but also showing that, that, that you're marketing, that you're, you know, uh, uh, you know, engaging with your audience, that you're, you're doing all, all of these things. And, you know, ultimately, that just doesn't seem like something that an artist needs to be doing. You know, the artist needs to be in a room somewhere doing, doing what they do and, and putting it outside. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it's, uh, it, it's just a whole different world out there. Yeah. And we could definitely talk about this for a, I think this is, I mean, this is a whole, like this is a whole podcast in itself, this conversation, because yeah. it's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I am going to go ahead and transfer us on to the next thing because we do have a couple more things to do that could take a little yeah. bit of time yeah. and we're going along. But man, I just I didn't want to enter. I didn't want to stop in the middle of that because good things are being said. Um, and I appreciate you guys bringing y'all's knowledge and experience to that. So the next thing I want to do is a little bit lighter, just slightly lighter than what we were talking about. <laughs> um, and that is we are trying to put together kind of a gift guide from us and where I came from. And so I wanted you guys to all come up with some, you know, gift ideas and James, you're a retailer. So I really hope you brought something (laughs) that you're selling. But um, so we just kind of wrote down some ideas of things that we would suggest, um, you know, for that you could buy a comic reader or someone's interested in comics and graphic novels or, you know, something that you can tell hey, other people, hey, you should get this for me. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of what, we, what we've come up with on this list, for the most part, is based around the idea of, like, if you find someone who already, if you have someone in your life who already loves comics, if you go look up, like, the top 10 best comics, every website's going to have the same ones. And I guarantee your loved one already has a copy of The Watchmen or three. Like, that's just 
that's what it is. And so, you know, you really want to go with something that's a safe bet. So we've put together some ideas. Um, so I'll kind of let you guys, you know, just free for all, like, what are some of y'all's ideas for gifts uh, for people like us? One thing that I thought of was graphic novel um, cookbooks. So like cookbooks in graphic novel format. We have a few of those at the library. And I think those are super fun. Um, I learn a lot better visually. I I plan um, by drawing even. I, I plan out what I'm going to pack by drawing pictures of what I'm packing. That's just how my brain works. Um, so for people like me, this is something that I would actually use because I don't like regular cookbooks because I don't like just reading from a list. Um, so I think this is great for someone who likes graphic novels or if you have someone who enjoys cooking and you just want, they're like, oh, I've, I've never read a graphic novel. Meh. I think this would be a good way to get them into, into sequential art. Yeah, uh, let's make ramen is a really good one. Yeah, uh, I love that one. Let's make ramen. Yeah, that's a great one. I put that Feast on the list. Feast of Fiction's and... a good one too, I think. What is it? The Feast of Fiction. I've never heard of that one. It's um, is it Jimmy Wong and uh, I think her name's Ashley Adams, but okay. they make different recipes, and it's like it's not just books, but like TV shows, movies, games, like yeah. all the food. When you're watching something or reading something, you're like, that sounds incredible. There's, they try to make the recipe for it. So that did you Anthony Bourdain do one? Ooh, I don't know. That yes. I know he, he did a comic. I know that. And that's awesome. I, I believe so. And I don't remember what that's called, but I believe so. I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, While you're looking that up, my gift idea kind of helps the person that does like to draw. Uh, you know, and if you want to do a sequential art activity with a friend or whatever, but uh, Strathmore makes these wonderful artist trading cards. They're uh, blank sheets of paper. You can get them in Bristol or watercolor. Uh, yeah, those are my two favorites. So, I'm, and I think they have like regular drawing ones too, but they're the size of like a, you know, a Pokemon card or a magic card. And you can uh, get them pretty cheap on online uh, or at like, uh, we have a local art store called Art Outfitters that sells them. So if you're in Is Arkansas, that where you got those magic cards that you've been making your tokens, tokens with? That's what I tokens on. Yeah, yeah. That's what I tokens <laughs> that's, on. They're so um, But they're perfect for panel size too. Yes. So I think it would be fun. You could get together with a friend uh, and I recommend a pack of Micron pens. Uh, I'll send them to Marcus so you can see the link online of what to yes. do. But they have different size tips. Uh so that you can work in 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 uh, in different size paper, and and you can make your own story with a friend or loved one, and and you know reassemble the panels however you wish or anything like that, and it would be I a fun that. activity that that you can make your own art and and enjoy it. That's cool. I yeah, love I that. Would, uh, That's so happy. I would recommend uh, just shopping shopping locally. At retrograde comics. Yes. <laughs> come, come on oh down. I, I, I was actually not going to say it. I was like, I, I was going to say, you know, invest in art. Uh, you know, give somebody some art. Maybe, you know, a painting or a, uh, or a, you know, a print or something from somebody local. We have a lot of artists who are out there right now who are, uh, who are, um, uh, you know, producing some good stuff, you know, right here locally. Uh, you know, we have people with uh, small businesses for, for so many different types of little, uh, you know, artisan items uh, that are, you know, in our neighborhood uh, throughout the Rock. Uh, you know, support those folks. Um, as far as if you do decide to uh, come shop at Retrograde Comics. <laughs> Uh, we are doing a thing. We, we usually do it every year because people uh, will come in, and, and I hear this so much from people. Wow, your shop is great, but uh, you know, I really need to get my cousin's brother-in-law's, you know, nephew because he loves comics, and I need to to get him, you know, something for for Christmas. And so, uh, what we've been trying to do, which kind of goes maybe to what we were talking about before, is uh, uh, trying to maybe do like human curation, like a, uh, <laughs> a, a form of it where we, uh, where we, uh, pick things based on, uh, you know, some of the interests that, uh, your loved one may, may have, you know, if they like a certain, certain movie, you know, we'll ask, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, because then we can, we have uh, boxes and we, we call them gift boxes and we just kind of fill that up with stuff that we think they would like, you know, things that. See, that's really cool. That we, you know, just, j- just kind of giving it a, a human aspect to it because, yeah. you know, whenever you, you know, just come in, oh yeah, so-and-so likes Batman. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, pr- me as a person, I'm going to throw in a few Batman comics for you, but I'll also throw in some things that I think you ought to check out. See, that's awesome. And, and you're making those right now? Like, those are at the shop? You guys are doing that yeah. for the holiday? Yeah, yeah I got actually one great. last year. I gave them a couple okay. ideas, and they built me a custom one j- for Ashley That's just was just that for her. That is so fun. That's really I cool. Love that. a, we, we might throw in a graphic novel. We might throw in like, you know, make a couple one for issues just me. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want one. Yeah, I mean. Hey, that's I mean, what I said this list is for. Because, you know, a lot of people come in and they just don't know what to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to to kind of have it something official that we could offer people that, you know, and, uh, you know, they can maybe have their uh, horizons broadened a little bit with some of the other stuff that comes in. That's awesome. Megan, did you find that thing you were looking for? Um, The only thing I found was hungry ghosts and that that's not i don't i believe that's a horror uh hungry ghosts oh, oh yeah horror? the uh the uh anthony bourdain one yeah i don't think that's actually like a cookbook yeah that's a great title geez yeah, yeah that's pretty awesome I'll have to check that out because i've heard about it so many times it's gotten such great reviews i'm gonna have to check it out um <clears throat> so some of the stuff that I came up with was if you have someone who is, you know, even a kid who's interested in comic books, making their own, um, finding anything by the, uh, writer and artist, Scott McCloud is a must. Um, two of his books are, one is understanding comics and another is reinventing comics. And they're just amazingly well done, uh, graphics that cover content in a really great, easy to digest way using the medium that they're talking about. Um, If you have a preteen or teen, you know, these DC has these YA graphic novels that have been coming out that are not locked into like, you know, I know a lot of people get worried about Canon about where to start and you can pick these things up and just they're isolated. You can read it and you just have to have that one book. You don't have to read all these others to get it. So I'll have links to a bunch of those. Um, If you know someone who's started a small collection recently, you can go to retrograde comics in little rock, Arkansas, and you can get a longer, a short box for comic storage. Proper comic storage is very, very important. You want to be, you want to have the specific box for holding them neatly with, you know, especially if you know someone who wants to be a collector and get bags and boards and, put them in these special boxes. Um, you can even give someone an experience of starting a pull list. It's, this is to me, especially important with, you know, a kid who wants to start trying out stuff, going to a shop, letting them look at some things. And the great thing about a pull list is that sometimes most series only have one issue a month and a pull list will help guarantee that you get that issue each month, even if it slips your mind, it gets pulled aside for you. So get letting them start their own pull list. It's just a really special. I remember when I started my first pull list, it felt really, really special and I really enjoyed it and it feels so cool. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. Really so, like um, and I even recently did a James, uh, James shop retrograde is doing this great thing with a uh, league of comic geeks, uh, a website where I know I look for what's coming out and, you can create an account and create a pull list and link to his shop and it, he will, and, and, and they'll get that list to pull. Um, so you don't have to worry about remembering. You don't have to write things down on paper. It literally is just this great automated way to be like, Hey, I, I want this pulled and taking care of it online and keeping track of it there. Um, yeah. As someone who has forgotten the all the comics he's pulling <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> this is a really, really great tool. And I love that James and them have gotten in on that. Now, and, and, and for people who are starting uh pull lists, I feel like I have to 
offer this public service announcement uh, because I get this a lot. Uh, whenever you come in and you say, I want Nightwing, you know, uh, pulled for me. If you, if there is a issue of Nightwing coming in like a week or two, that cannot be guaranteed. Uh, the way that comics works is that uh, we do in initial orders, which are usually about three months ahead of time. Uh, and then there are, then there's final order cutoff, which is usually a few weeks before uh, the book actually comes out. So I always tell folks, uh, you know, go find a uh, final order cutoff list. Uh, there are a lot of different places on, on the internet that you can find one. Uh, if there's something specific you want, and you are able to let us know, but before that final order cutoff date, uh, then you're we're going to get it for you. We're going to do everything we can to get it for you. We'll, we'll 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 try to get it for you after that, but you know we can't guarantee anything at that point. Well, and that's where I but, feel like that website can really come in handy because you can look at months ahead of time and you could just mark it, and then you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it. Like it just exactly takes care of it way ahead of time. So. And, and I mean, for, 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 for those, for those folks who are, you know, a little bit not, you know, not on the uh, tech side of it, we still, you can just call us and we'll create you one. It doesn't matter. But, uh, for, for, for those of you who are, uh, you know, really tuned into things and all, you know, we can, we can actually make sure that we. So uh, Megan and I will use the online thing and you and Tom can call each other on your landlines. That because <laughs> y'all both were old men yelling at clouds today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We yelled um, at our clouds today. So, like, um, let's see. And so, yeah. And I even put on there like a gift card to like to a shop to start a pool list. Um, and the last thing I thought about is you could subscribe to VF Comics Podcast on Patreon.com and put the receiver's name into uh, the Patreon so we can credit them for supporting us here on the podcast and the other projects that we're currently working on. So that would be tizite. No pressure. <clears throat> Mom. So much pressure. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody just, just call their moms. Comment, give us a comment or, uh, you know, give us a little money. Just let us know that that we're not just screaming into the void. Yeah, let us know yeah. how we're doing. And honestly, guys. if you support us, you know, like w- I'm really hoping to eventually do some really cool, uh, you know, prizes and raffles and things like that for our listeners to just get hold of like rare collectibles and comics. But we can't do all this without your support. So please, please consider doing this right now. Go do it. We'll wait. It's yeah, and, and 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 if you give us money. We're probably not going to do what you want us to do. Yep. No, we are true <laughs> yeah, artists. We're, artists. we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do our, our thing. Art. Yay. We're going to give Absolutely. you. It is going to be a thrill a minute. You will not see what's coming one moment to the next. Yes. Uh, just accept uncertainty and accept the little blessings that will come. VF Comics, um, except uncertainty. So we are pretty much out of time. So instead of going into detail about our picks this week, next week we do have a guest. So I want to at least get these titles out here for some new things coming out this month. Um, so I'm just going to go through mine real quick, and you guys can kind of give input of anything that you saw. Um, the Devil Tree, number one, is a cool-looking horror book coming out. No Holds Barred which is about William Shakespeare and William Page and their superhero alter egos, the Bard and the Page. Uh, I cannot make that up. Uh, There is a new Batgirls series coming out, focusing on Cassandra Cain, Stephanie Brown, and Barbara Gordon. And then um, also Swamp Thing, Green Hell, is a new Black Label series from DC coming out. I love Swamp Thing, and I love their Black Label stuff. It's incredible, and it's you don't have to worry about canon. You can just read those books as they are. Don't have to worry about the state of the universe or multiverse or whatever. And then finally, One Dark Knight, another Black Label um, Batman series 
coming out about basically uh, the power goes out in Gotham. Um, it looks really, really, really cool. So that was mine real quick. Anybody else got something? Mm, uh, Devil's Reign is crack- cranking up for Marvel, uh, spinning out of the uh, incredible run that Chip Zdarsky is doing on Daredevil. Uh, everybody is uh, looking forward to that one. I'm really hoping that, that some of that incredible quality that Zdarsky's brought to Daredevil uh, is carried over into this uh, into this event. Um, let's see, we have Rush number two that, that that's coming soon. Rush number one was a great book from Vault. Uh, that's all I can think of right here off the top of my head. Yeah. Hey, Tom. Okay. Um, I have a few things. I have a couple things, but I'm just going to briefly mention them since we're, yeah. So, uh, Odin's Eye, the first issue of that, that's, uh, coming from Bad Idea. That looked interesting. I'm very much into all things mythology, so I was, uh, interested in that one. Uh, Daisy, number one, is from Dark Horse Comics. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, the end. <laughs> Tom, did you notice very, anything this week? Anything for the month? Um, no, 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 no. I, I, I haven't, I haven't had check, check the list for, for releases actually. No, that so, is no idea. That is already. I noticed that it felt like it coming was, out. Huh? I, I said, I have no idea what's yeah. coming out. Well, I, I noticed that it was kind of a slowish month. Uh, League of Comic Geeks. Can yeah. You? Go to League of Comic yeah. Geeks, create an account and start your pull list today. Yes. At Retrograde Comics. Um, I'm trying to think of what I'm missing. Uh, <laughs> we Ride Titans is new coming from uh, from Vault. I really like Vault. Vault seems like they they just put out cool stuff. Yeah, they're starting off like these really. these small indie companies are starting to put out some really great consistent stuff. Anyways, so but that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure to give us a rating. Go find us on social media. Um, if you didn't like what you heard then you know we're artists we don't care what you think we're still going to put out our art um but we um, care we will always care artists (laughs) always care it's just that we have to tell ourselves that we have to be true to we have to be true to who we are um but if you didn't like us tell people that you don't like about us um to torture (laughs) them and that sounds like a great plan too uh, and we've already mentioned our Patreon and you can find all the links to everything we talked about today in the show notes and the description on your favorite podcasting uh, source. And then also on there is going to be, of course, our link to retrograde comics. So that way you can support a local business if you want to find any of these things. Sound good, James? Yeah. Just and we can always recommend phone. other businesses for other things. Yeah. You know, depending on, on what it is. We know a lot of small businesses that produce really cool stuff. So Yeah. 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 Shop local this holiday season. Yes. Hillcrest yes. represent. You can't go in <laughs> and talk to Jeff Bezos about what book to read. So go into sure. a shop and, and meet someone cool. But you can go talk to James about what book to read as long as he's not stopping crime. Uh uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.